Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on earth. Now, enjoy today's show. Well, hey there. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Podcast. My name is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries and, of course, the Kingdom Community. Hey, guys, have you checked out the Kingdom Community website? Just head over to kingdomcommunity.global and also our new online TV channel now, kingdomcommunity.tv. You can watch Kingdom teachings from around the globe. I know that you will enjoy that thoroughly. Download our apps. We're on Roku, Amazon Fire, Google TV, Apple TV. We have an Android app as well as an iOS app. And as I said, you can also watch on the Kingdom Community website, kingdomcommunity.tv. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know you're going to really enjoy this interview that I have. My guest is Brett Wade, and Brett is an incredible minister of the gospel. He's been doing ministry for many years, called into the ministry by the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, has really transitioned a few years ago. When I first met Brett, he was pastoring in Alabama, and since that time, he's transitioned into his current role, which I'll allow him to to share that. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy the interview with Brett. And so without any hesitation, welcome, Brett. Let me get you in here. Here we go. There we go. Welcome, Brett. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Glenn. I'm really looking forward to our time together today. It's uh, been very much anticipated, so I'm, I'm ready to... Uh, to jump right in and and figure out who I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, if you you uh, you're all about that, helping people figure out who they are. So <laughs> that's not the blind leading the blind, but <laughs> no, it's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I'm just that's a joke back with you, but but hey, Brett, thank you so much for being with me. And um, look, we wanted to take this time and just let people know not only about who you are, your ministry, but also that you are debuting on the Kingdom Community television uh, network. And um, we're so excited about that. In fact, you can watch Brett already. Some of his videos are already online. Download the various apps and go over to kingdomcommunity.tv, 11 a.m., I'm sorry, 11.30 a.m. Central Time and 6 p.m. Central Time, seven days a week. And uh, you can receive from from Brett's ministry. And if you're not familiar with what Brett is all about, we're going to obviously just unpack that so you can really understand the calling of God on his life and what he brings to the kingdom in terms of his role and how he can help you become the person the Lord has created you to be in terms of who you are and also your destiny and purpose in the kingdom of God. But there's always um, a journey. Each and every one of us has been on that journey to get to where we are now, and we're still growing and and we're still uh, moving forward, hopefully not backwards. 
we do get stuck at times, but uh, <laughs> we we definitely know, Brett, and I've seen how the Lord has taken you from from where you were in terms of pastoring and and really just launched you out to a, a global ministry that is really helping a lot of people, equipping the saints. So we want to talk about that, but just before we do, let's, let's jump into your story. How did you um, come to know the Lord? And tell us, you know, give us the background on that and, and then come to the place where, where you obviously stepped into ministry. Well, I, um, some of it's still a mystery to me. I, you know, I, I can remember as a small child having a love for God. Uh, I was not raised in a home where, um, where I was exposed to church at a young age. Um, my parents were military and um so we we moved around um you know every couple of years we had a new duty station and as a young man i remember um kind of in those twilight hours before you go to sleep uh god would talk to me hmm. and i remember at times feeling like somebody was standing in the room talking to me wow and so i um you know i went from that to a young man, 15 years old, um, you know, recognizing that in me, that it had always been there, that love. And I just never knew why. But I also had other things that I dealt with. You know, I had a, an anger that was there lifelong. Okay. And so in the middle of all that, that's kind of the, the place where, you know, the anger was part of the process of of um of transformation that i went through over recent years that has just been phenomenal and okay you know in the middle of all that um you know i was born again at 15 um had a went to a crusade that uh, my parents my dad had come back from korea and he was uh, just marvelously born again went to church with my mother who had gotten saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit while he was in Korea. And so it was a divine setup. So 15 years old, uh, being as intense and radical as I was, it was all or nothing. And the problem that I faced was um, I lacked the discipling that was needed for somebody like me. And I'm not saying that I was different or peculiar. I was hungry. Okay. And I just, you know, just going to church didn't do it. And I, I mean, I did everything that I could, but I, I needed to know how to live this. And that's the only thing that, you know, that really that I think that really that lacked in my life. And it was when I was 25 years old that I, for 10 years I was in and out of church, uh, just getting frustrated. And um, I'd encountered different ones in the denominational church that we were in that were that I would consider to be fathers in the faith. Yeah. Although uh, they were not in my life very long. And so as a result, you know, I just had this frustration in me. And the only answer that I was <laughs> that I was getting was, you know, because I was asking questions that were very specific, you know, Lord, help me to get an answer from these people. So I would ask questions like, how do I keep from backsliding? Wow. You know, and it wasn't like good question. gross sin. I mean, it was a very, you know, I just wanted to be very consistent. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I got, I got answers like, well, just act like Jesus is coming back any day. Well, that's not very practical. Right. And, you know, so, um, so when I, when I did answer the call of God, it was a two minute phone call from my dad. Uh, I was sitting at home in a new house. Uh, my wife at the time, um, went to college at night. So I was sitting at how in this house bored out of my mind. And my dad called me and he said, well, you know, you're called. I said, yeah, I know I'm called. He said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, have you ever thought about answering the call? <laughs> and I thought, well, that's never occurred to me. <laughs> so, um, so he got off the phone. He said, why don't you do that now? So I got off, I got off the phone with him and I just, I sat at the edge of my chair and I said, Lord, I don't even know how to pray. So I'm just going to sit on the edge of my chair and talk to you as if you're sitting on the couch. And I got very real with him. I said, I, I you know, and it wasn't an, uh, I wasn't answering a call to ministry so much as I was answering the call to be a man after his spirit. And so in the process of that, what I did was I just said, Lord, I just want you to be real. I want you to be real to me. And if you can't do that, please just leave me alone. I am torn. You know, and my words were, I'm torn between heaven and hell. Wow. You know, here I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, had that, you know, percolating in me and, and all the time and, um, you know, frustrated with the things in my life that I didn't, you know, and it really wasn't just complicated. I mean, I was, I was very young and, um, but I didn't have direction. And that was one of the main things. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I was here. And right. that's the two main, you know, questions that people ask, who am I and why am I here? Yeah. Which has led to where I'm at presently helping people with those types of questions. So 25 years old, um, you know, answer that call. Didn't know exactly, you know, where it would take me. But for about uh, about three years, two, three years, the Lord, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to get in the scripture. He sent a prophet to me, man that I knew. But I mean, he had no way on earth to even know that I had answered that call. Wow. So he comes to me and um, the following Sunday I went to church and he said, the Lord spoke to me this week and told me to tell you he wants you in the scripture, praying and fasting and studying for the next two years. So I did. I devoted myself to that. Wow. Well, and when two years was up to the day, the same man walked up to me and the Lord said one more year. And I and I, you know, it was kind of funny because I had to laugh at that because being in the military, two years was a short um, uh, uh, assignment for my dad. Three years was considered very long. So if he did approach me and said three years, I wanted, I was like, oh my God, three years. You know how mindsets are. <laughs> and so you know, during those those times, I just it really just built a solid foundation in me, and um, I I was still in the same church. And um, but, you know, there came a time where I began to get more exposure locally to fivefold ministry. There mm. wasn't a lot. Um, this this place was virtually barren of it and um, or at least not recognized in that way. OK, and so, you know, the thing that the thing that happened was I got a good baptism in that I believed it. I understood it. 
I had, uh, you know, there was, you know, cause we're talking in the eighties. So, you know, there's not a lot around then. And so the, um, you know, I, I became a pioneer in a lot of those areas and, uh, didn't realize how much I was pioneering in, in these things with, uh, uh people that were established in it and planning churches and, um, training saints in the prophetic learning myself and then teaching what I learned. Uh, and, uh, that seemed, you know, before they were ever doing activations in some of the larger ministries that do that, I was doing that. And I just, you know, it was just one of the things that Holy spirit birthed. And, uh, eventually when I was 30 years old, I went, um, active, uh, full-time voc- uh, as a vocation in ministry right. and spent 25 years pastoring churches, two churches. Um, wow. One was the church I was trained up in for a period. Of, I was there for a period of nine years. And then um, when it was time, I was sent out and planted a church that I established and um, in Huntsville. And um, I remained at the helm for about 20 years. And so when it came time, what the Lord did was he began to, you know, all through those 20 years and even some of the years that I was with the other ministry, there was a processing that was going on. I was I was really learning around 19, the late 90, uh, 1990s that I was on a journey. Okay, that this was not about me fulfilling my destiny, making it happen. Uh, you know, because everything was very focused on attaining. And so it was it was it became more of an understanding of this is God's call. This is God's gift upon my life. This is God's mm-hmm. function within me. You know, I'm not the anything. I am the the face that he uses as he's the prophet or the apostle or the pastor, whatever, whatever function he wanted to, to flow through me with. And, you know, it went from that tunnel vision to a much broader perspective of recognizing, you know, how God does things. And through that process, I went through some identity crisis, uh, especially when I when I left the ministry that I was part of, because everything that I knew was there. Everything that I knew in ministry, everything I knew in the call of God was there. And. So when I wasn't there anymore doing what I had been doing, yeah, then, you know, I started, I started realizing I'm not real. I don't have a real certain footing. And, and on top of that, it was, God was remantling me, even though I knew I had an apostolic call, I didn't function in it as my primary function until actually until I was sent out. And so when that began to happen, oh, that that has its own <laughs> that has its own mixture of change as you're being remantled. I mean, you're you 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 were functioning one way. Now you're functioning another way. And in the middle of it, let me tell you, this is one of the life changing things that that the Lord spoke to me. I was I was in my church on a Sunday morning. We were in a new building. We had been um, established about a year earlier. And I was I was speaking on sonship and i had one of these matrix moments where god was giving me a download my eyes were obviously had to be fluttering and i'm and i remember uh we were in a storefront and i remember the glare coming off of the uh 
the windshield of one of the cars coming through the blinds before we ever had an opportunity to put curtains up. And I remember that moment and I got a download and Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, if you say that you're an apostle, if you say that you're a pastor, if you say that you're a businessman, you're, you've only spoken a fraction of who you are. Hmm. When you say that you're a son, you've, you've encapsulated everything that I created you to be. And it began to shift my mind to where, you know, it put me on this journey of, of who am I? Yeah. Why am I here? Because I had things in me that were stirring and I just, I, I, I really, I don't do good with norm. And, you know, so obviously it led me to where I'm at. And I was, that was one of the things I was thanking the Lord yesterday. Thank you for the design that you've given me. Hmm. You know, it's taken me years to not only discover it, but to settle into it, to right. recognize that I function a certain way. And that's the way that he will use me. I don't have to, to go outside of that parameter and say, okay, these are, you know, this is what works for everybody else. So let me do this. Right. So, you know, the, the, the journey, I, I call it an adventure journey of discovery. Uh -huh. And um, so I just, I, I started asking questions. It's one hmm. of the biggest steps for transformation. I started asking questions and um, the Lord started leading me to not only show me who I am, why I was here. And I tell you what, transformation is, it can't be hurried. It is a lifelong um, process that life experience makes a difference. And when we're, when we're in the middle of all these things, you begin to realize that there is so much more than just the peripheral stuff that, that, that we, um, get involved with, you know, for example, uh, you know, I talked about prophetic training, did that for many years, trained prophets, and um, one of the things that I began to to question was, is this all about gifting or is this about design? Uh. So how much of what people are hearing is the design that God created them with that's that's very normal for them to have right to live that way, empowered by Holy Spirit, but not necessarily, oh, I've got to. I got to develop this gift, develop this gift, develop this gift when they miss, you know, and this is one of the things that they caused me to think this way. I watched prophets that were full of rejection that, that, but were the very gifted with the word of God. Wow. And so they yeah. would deliver the prophetic word and then they'd second guess themselves as soon as it was over. Wow. And yeah. so I began to say, wait a minute, something's not right here. So, and that was, you know, while I was pastoring and, you know, I think a lot of it was preludes to me going through that process. So I began to question a lot of things uh, in regard to design. And um, so it was probably, let's see, I think it was in 2015 that I encountered um, uh, Dr. Joseph Peck with Empower 2000. Right. And yeah. he encouraged me to write my life message. I was trying to get from the generality of what we know as pastoral ministry mm -hmm. and leading a congregation into the specific thing that I was called to do. And I had been, that had been something that had been in the back of my mind for about 20 years. 
Right. And when he encouraged me to do that, I was already searching what what are my life messages. Okay. And so some of that process was it was really a lot of help. So um, coming down to what is my purpose? Can I can I nail it down in two words? And there was something that I was doing in our ministry, which was we were doing on Wednesday nights. We were doing discussions that I called kingdom conversations. And uh, so every Wednesday night we would get together and there, it wasn't scripted. It would just throw it out on the table. And I, I saw that you have kingdom conversations as well. And I, I just really, I really <laughs> love that. And so the, um, I think it's pretty popular actually, but, yeah. but it's true. I mean, it, it, it is talking about the kingdom because when Jesus said in Acts one, um, you know, when he appeared to them during that 40 days, he spoke to them about things pertaining to the kingdom. Right. Yeah. No, go ahead, Brett. This, this well, is really good. Well, you know, the thing, I think the thing that, that that's a challenge for me is, and I think it's a challenge for anybody that um, steps outside the box is that it can get very difficult seeing um, that we are ingrained with church ways okay. and not necessarily the ways of God, the ways of the kingdom. Okay. And so when you that, see that, that's huge, pardon that's, me? A big, that's a big thing right there. It, yeah. And it just, it, you know, it's, it's a burr under my saddle sometimes. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing that, um, and I, I don't realize sometimes that I might be attacking those kind of things when I'm talking to people, because, you know, I know what it cost me. I right. know it, how long it held me back. And we don't realize the difference between institutionalism versus the incarnation and living from that. So I had to, I had to learn, even in the apostolic and prophetic, to come out of institutional thinking. And we may not think okay, can that you, we can have you just that this is so profound that I just don't want to, you know, just kind of skip over this right. too quickly. Right. What do you mean by institutionalism when you make the comparison to to incarnation, and and how has that impacted us? Well, I think um, you know. First off, I might be a little. Well, I'm out of the box anyway, so I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that. But no, no, <laughs> you just share freely, please. Right the the thing that um, the thing that we have is we have teachings that came out of a system of man that had Christ's name put on it. And so we have a system that has been handed down to us from 300 AD. It's been new patched. It's been, you know, propped up. It's, you know, and when I, when I was exposed to all of this, obviously I didn't know the difference. And, you know, as a young man, and so I embraced everything, except um, I always had a little bit of a question about some things mm. and some of the some of the dogmatic teachings. And I was, you know, most of my experience with the things of the spirit were from outside of church services, and they were not necessarily something that was embraced by the church I was attending, even though it was a, uh, they were in the Pentecostal holiness denomination, but they were kind of a mild charismatic church. 
And um, so, you know, uh, when you when you get around the the people that have a, more of a spiritual experience, you know, baptizing the Holy Spirit, casting out demons, laying hands on the sick, and they're doing it outside the services, you just, you know, I just flocked to it. I was just like, oh, my God, this is what I'm looking for. So I went after that. And the, the thing that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, just act like Jesus is coming back anytime. That does not work. That, I mean, no, in nobody's book does that work. And so I had a, you know, I had a, had enough of the rapture teachings and end times teachings that I said, look, I either got to have an answer to this or we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> and because I, you know, what it did was it created an escapism in a young man that had a background that was exposed to drugs and alcohol and, you know, things of that nature. So I just, you know, I, I was very much a, um, I guess, a, um, you know, I'm, I'm more empathetic, but, you know, being a uh, introvert, in a lot of ways, but I'm also an extrovert. So I consider myself to be an ambivert. I, I can go in and out, you know, based on, you know, which one is needed, but the, uh, you know, like but most of my day is very quiet while I'm contemplating and writing and doing things like that. So I'm thinking on these things that are standing out to me and Holy spirit is leading, especially now leading me into topics over and over and over and over that we have been handed and all we do, you know, this is one of the things that bothered me early on as a young minister was um, when you change, it's, it's almost like the sayings that they used to use on some of the shows on TV. We've changed the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> and what they did was, you know, here we had a, a, a church that had fivefold ministry. And I mean, it was full of fivefold ministry. And, um, not not the one that I had planted, but the one that I was trained up in. And I mean, there were prophets coming out of the woodwork. And I counted, I remember at one point in time, I counted about 10% of the people there were functioning to some degree, um, you know, in the fivefold uh, functions. And so one of the things that stood out to me was I kept questioning this. Well, you know, I see in scripture not to operate by hierarchy, but I'm seeing hierarchy here. So how does this work? And I asked those questions and okay, so, all right. So how does this, how does this system that I'm seeing? And that was when the, the system started standing out to me. Hmm. How does this system that I'm seeing really function when all you've done is change the names of what you're doing and relabeled the system that doesn't work. So you saw, I saw the same limitations. And one of the things that, that began to happen to me was I began to look at the wording. I mean, anything that we do needs to, when we're talking about incarnation, we have to understand that we are sentient beings. We have a consciousness. This is not all about what I can achieve. It's not all about my actions. A lot of it is about my state of being. And so one of the things that Holy Spirit spoke to me years ago was he said he put all the pieces there. And then he uh, in the last couple of years, he said, Brett, it's all about consciousness. Huh. And so when we're talking about vision, we're talking about 
vision for ministry. We don't talk to people about vision for their life, and we don't even really talk to them about what vision is. Vision is the ability to operate in perception. Perception is the state of our consciousness. So we have these, these um, obstacles, or, or we would consider them to be obstructions, that really is an apostolic function for us to uh, address, which is mindsets, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. You know, so when we're talking about what is one of the greatest apostolic functions mm-hmm. is to address the mindsets so that the people of God can function the way that they're designed to by God so that they're unobstructed. They are exactly what they're designed to be, which, you know, when you go into the scripture and you begin to look at it, um, we are the gateway of heaven into the earth and we are the house of God. Mm-hmm. So heaven flows through us into the earth and we can't do that effectively if we've got this blocked if we've got this blocked with inner issues uh, logs in the eyes hurts rejections fears anxieties um, mis uh, disappointments misunderstandings and so what happens is when we have all these teachings that have gone unchecked yeah what it does is it obstructs us it obstructs the flow of the spirit because we only operate as far as we are able to understand. And so if all I understand is I'm waiting to get out of here, I'm not going to function in what the kingdom does with taking and bringing heaven to earth. And I'm not talking about church services. Um, You know, I know that's involved. Um, But, you know, here's one of the things that the Lord told me in 2009. I was sitting on a plane in Cape Town or in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, I was getting ready to come back to the United States. I'd been traveling for about three or four weeks. And um, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to come off the road for a period of time. He said, there's some things I want you to take care of. And I, I, I had a feeling of what he was talking about. But during that time, he said, you've known my glory on the outside. Right. You've seen miracles. You've seen my glory. You've seen me do sovereign things. And you've learned how to flow in that. He said, but now I want you to discover the glory on the inside. And then we're going to bring the two together. So that's, you know, that has been like a whole wow. life shift. Yeah. So when you when you begin to do that, you begin to, to come away from all the externals, all the peripheral things, right. all the things of trying to work up something, all the things towards trying to achieve something. Yeah. And you go at your own strength. And I burn out in ministry more than once. Yeah. So going seven days a week. And I and I went from the loud, roaring, warring prophet who was stressed out um, to the person that is more um, quiet, introspective, contemplative. But when I know something, I know something. And... I've learned that there's there's basically, and I haven't really got all the language for this. God took the Christianese out of me, yeah. and so there. And this is this is basically what I'm teaching in my school of awakening. Is that there are you know we talk about spirit, soul, and body, mm-hmm. and there are three levels of that to be able to see to perceive properly. There is uh, instinct. There is intellect, and then there's intuition. 
Intuition is the is the spirit of man, which is the candle of the Lord. And we disregard our intuition. And I caught myself doing this, trying mm -hmm. to process, you know, about four or five years um, of coming out of pastoral ministry, processing and disregarding my what I was feeling and sensing on the inside. So and like discern discernment is that discernment. We would call it that. But I, you know, I think there's a there's a greater level. Okay. I think there's a greater understanding of learning. And I think a lot of it is that even with discernment, we question it. Okay. Even with discernment, we see it separate from ourselves. Mm. And we have to learn that there is, it's not about just hearing God. It's about being in oneness with him on the inside. Wow. Okay. And that is one of the things that I have seen that the body of Christ does not necessarily operate in when it comes to um, discipling is recognizing Christ in me is not for me to be lorded over. Christ in me is for me to come together as equals. You know, the scripture says that Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And so when you come together as an equal, it's a partnership like a marriage to where you're there for each other. To, and it's not, uh, it's not me saying, God, do it through me. It's, it's God doing it and inviting me to be a part of it. And so there's a, there's a different mindset, a different mentality that, that goes along with that because we're, 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 we're in a time where the body of Christ really has to learn that Christ in us is the hope of glory. It's not about all of our works, though those are necessary. But it's about learning of coming from that place in Christ mm. within us that we're able to know this is my design. This is his, his design. This is how he functions. This is how I function and embracing that and coming together and two are better than one. You know, yeah. so when we begin to go in that direction, it brings tremendous personal life change. Yeah. And uh, you begin to you begin to think, you know, and, and I, I can only I can only say that as much as I processed that I'm only touching the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, there's right. so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're talking about, because the scripture is very clear, like at the end of Jesus three and a half years on the earth with the disciples in, in John 17, when he's when he's praying, you know, he actually says um, to his father, the glory that you've given me, I've given them that they might be one in us. And, and he wasn't meaning one, I mean, each other. I mean, he said one in us is what he was talking right. about. And, and, you know, the very word unity in both the Old Testament and New Testament really means oneness. Right. So could, could you just maybe take a moment, Brett, and just talk a little bit I just go a little bit deeper with that. What does it mean to be one in the Lord or with the Lord? Well, I think um, when we when we start pulling the cap off of what is unity, um, unity, and these are these are some of the things that I you know I, people will haggle with me sometimes because I'll say let's stop using that word, right? Not not unity specifically because words make a difference. Yeah. And when when you use specific words, there is a meaning that comes along with it that, right. um, you know, the, and the challenge that we face in the body of Christ is the Christian religion 
so to speak, is a right. subculture. It is yep. not a counterculture. The kingdom is a counterculture. And so the difference is we get tangled up. The institutionalism is the subculture. The kingdom is the counterculture, uh, the incarnation aspect. So when you begin to, um, to look at words like unity, I've been to all kinds of meetings with pastors who are going to have unity. Hmm. And it ends up, you know, after usually about the first or second meeting, it ends up being just another meeting. <laughs> and, you know, you don't, they, it's, it's according to what people's mind is about what unity is. So sometimes unity means uniformity. It means that we're together, but there is a difference when you're coming from the place of spirit, from the inside out, that uh, especially, you know, I discovered this when I traveled internationally was that just because I'm going through something or experiencing something in my local church doesn't mean that I'm alone. I would go to the other side of the globe and discover that people were going through the exact same thing, right. experiencing the same move of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I was recognizing that the kingdom is one. The kingdom is not multiplicity of expression uh, for us to have like, you know, the, the Chinese church and the American church and, you know, so on and so forth. So when we talk about unity, a lot of times it's uniformity. Hmm. Um, you know, if, and one of the things that we're really bad about is, um, as ministers is we've got to be right. And so when we're, when we're being right, we feel like that we have discovered truth instead of, uh, recognizing that we have discovered the truth that we have seen rather than, um, saying that we are absolute in it. Uh, we need to be embracing others who have different, uh, glimpses of the same truth. Um, you know, for example, the, the rabbis would take, and they'd lift a topic up and they would look at it from all different angles. They would discuss it and they would walk away from there still being who they were to each other. They didn't argue. They didn't fight. They didn't pull out their swords and kill the messenger. And which we have so much of that today and the absolute rightness and, and the right thing uh, may look good, but it's not righteous. There's a different major difference between being right and being righteous. And one is more spirit. In, and uh, so when we come from that place of spirit, we recognize, and I think it's, I think a lot of it is we can do this with people, with others in the body of Christ, when we have learned to do this within ourselves, when we discover right. the oneness of spirit within us, right. and we're able to go through transformation, then we're able to recognize those people that are not only kingdom yes. oriented, but they're right. also Holy Spirit oriented so that it's almost like a code language. Yeah. I, yeah the same totally. language and it has the same meaning. And yeah. when I was, when I was leaving um, the church that I was trained up in, one of the things that was really big at that time was the difference between God's kingdom and man's kingdom. But one of the things that I discovered in that was the, the, the typical thing that you find, you know, in, in most arenas, and that is this is if you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to do a takeover, you change a language, you change the definition of the language that's existent so that people that are speaking um, an original language 
um, and lingo that it they that that if you change the meaning then to other people it's like they're you're speaking their language when you're speak when you're completely you know in a different place and um so when you're in the kingdom when you're in spirit i can say things that i don't have language for yet that other people will go oh my god i resonate with what you're saying right <laughs> and that is that is a place where the scripture talks about a being of one mind, of one heart, of one spirit, because, you know, in the body of Christ, and I just, in the church, however we want to word it, uh -huh. with all the religious stuff that has been inundating us, uh -huh. we are so obstructed with what God's original design is. Yeah. And we really need to get back to this. God spoke this to me. Yeah. Back in 2008, it was a week before the elections here in the United States. God told me who was going to be president. And I said, um, I said, and I really wasn't even praying about it. I was, you know, I, I'd been, I was sitting in a bank parking lot looking at my deposit slip. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me and he, I, and, and told me that. And I said, well, Lord, I said, where are you taking us as a nation? He said, I'm taking the nation to the same place that I'm taking the church back to its foundation. Hmm. And so when you go back to the foundation, uh, it doesn't mean you dress old things up. It means that you're going to go and you're going to sweep everything off that foundation and rebuild. And so when that begins to happen, um, you know, you go back to the original design. Now, what that looks like in expression, I think is open, you know, because I think one of the failures that we've, that we've had is, um, certainty that we have to have everything be certain the way that we feel that it ought to be. And, you know, for example, planning a church, I remember years ago, planning a church looked a specific certain way in the apostolic mindset and paradigms. Um, sometimes I think paradigms are a bad thing because they're very limiting. Um, we need to learn to embrace the kingdom instead of learning how to perfect our performance within a paradigm. Hmm. And so, you know, when you begin to see, oh, you plant a church this way, this is the way everything's structured, and this is the way you do that. Well, hmm. what about uh, what about uh, in places that you can? What about if you don't have a thousand people? Hmm. What if you don't have 500? Most average churches in the United States are under 100 people. Right. And yep. so what do you do with that? You know, we have all these things that we say that we ought to have. And in the latter years of the ministry that I was pastoring, we were getting ready to come out of a building. So I had about a six-month period there. I had to give the landlord a six-month notice. And um, so we had been there 18 years in this building. And so, you know, going through a lot of different process, we were renovating, preparing for a new uh, tenant and uh, it was really pretty unique because the Lord basically told me, he said, I want you to I want you to prepare this for the next person that's coming in. And I said, well, I, I don't know who's coming in. And the landlord approached me and he said, why don't we make this a turnkey for, for another church? And that way you can sell all your furnishings as well if you're not going to use them. And that's exactly what I did. The only thing I didn't come out of there with basically uh, or the only thing I did come out with that I gave to somebody else was a sound system. And the, um, you know, the thing that was, that was interesting through all of this 
was I had to answer those questions. I mean, I had to say, God, okay, I want you to answer the questions that I have about all this. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, he, this is what he said to me. You know, what we did was, you know, and, and I had to learn that it was not a bad thing to have a small church. Right. And we were basically about 35 people at the core. And we would go up to about 75 to 100. And then we would come back down to that core size. And what our assignment was, was to heal people that had been devastated by ministry mishaps. And so we'd have people come in from church splits, from, you know, all kinds of abusive situations, whether it was intended or not intended. Mm -hmm. And we would heal them as a group. And it was just done by loving and embracing and just being who we were supposed to be. And, um, and then as, as a period, after a period of time, when they had, you know, regained their ability to fly again, we would lay hands on them and send them out. And Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, the, uh, in the, in the latter days of being there, the Lord spoke this to me. He said, you were never designed to be a large. Mm -hmm. He said, I had you training as a rabbi. He said, you trained disciples and sent them. You raised up more disciples and sent them. You kept discipling people. And that was the conflict I had was I was trying to disciple people, but I was using services and I was using, you know, um, discussion sessions. But now the specific thing that I do is coach. Hmm. And so, you know, with leaders, I have a school of awakening that I, um, I have a group of people and I'm getting ready to enlarge that. And um, so with all of this, the heart cry has got to come back to discipling the nations, making disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And so the School of Awakening, I'm so blessed that it's it's international. It's global in the aspect that the students that I have are from all over the world. And um, I love it. It's just it's my heartbeat. Right. That's awesome. So your your ministry is called Fresh Vision. And your program's called Vision Talks. Um, what what's your your mission? Just succinctly stated, if people are gonna they want to connect with you for training, equipping, they're gonna watch the program. You know what what uh, what can they expect? Well, I think in a nutshell, uh, which I've tried, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried to nail it down. Um, to just a sentence here and there, have my elevator speech, so to speak. Um, what, what I'm recognizing in the body of Christ is that we are making this, this change from institutionalism to the incarnation, which brings us into a place of needing to know who we are, why we're here, uh, and how to discover those things. So I teach people how to discover the things that that God is leading them in. And part of that is what is transformation? What does that look like in my life? How do I walk through it? Hmm. Nowadays, one of the things that you hear a lot about is um, the whole awakening of deconstructing religion and reconstructing our faith. So I'm having gone through that process myself, I lead people to live Christ consciousness and to live from their design, um, how he's designed them, 
I'm not necessarily saying don't do this, don't do that. I mean, you know, I had somebody contact me just recently. I want you to basically approve my vision for ministry. And, and I really wasn't, you know, I don't necessarily get down into the vision because that's something that's between them and God, because here's the difference. You know, what we're, what we're traditionally accustomed to is carrying a vision. Hmm. One of the things that we miss when you start living incarnation, Christ consciousness, you start realizing that you're becoming the vision. The hmm. vision is how you think. The vision is your consciousness. The, you, you become the personification of that expression of Christ. Hmm. And so I teach people how to live this. And vision is also, when I was talking about perception a while ago, uh, the state of consciousness is recognizing that for me to have vision means that I'm able to perceive accurately. I'm able to not just drink milk. I'm able to eat strong meat. I'm able to see things as they are, see them clearly, know God's design, know, or know God's design for me, know his ways and flow in those. So I can't really say it in one sentence, but you right. know, yeah. Cause it means so much to different people. But when I start talking about Christ consciousness, people think, Oh, you're talking about new age. No, 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 no. Righteous conscience is Christ in us. And if it's all about consciousness, it's about the state of my being. If I'm unobstructed, if I've gone through transformation, I don't have all these logs in my eyes that pull me back to past traumas. I'm able to move forward unobstructed. I'm able to represent heaven. I'm able to see things clearly and I'm able to hear much clearly, much more clearly than, than, than I could have otherwise, which is one of the things that I was talking about earlier is, you know, we, we, we have this mentality that the gifts of the spirit are something external from us. Right. And I remember, you know, when I was going through this transition in ministry, recognizing I can't locate the gift in me anymore. And the Lord told me, he said, it's become one with you. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we have to realize is that it on the inside, it all melds together. We don't need to figure out what's me, what's him, but we do need to test all things, prove all things. And we need to recognize what is Christ in us. Yeah. We should come to the place that we don't know where we end and where he begins. Yeah. That's so good because, and and I just want to be clear for those who are listening, watching this broadcast, you know, some of the language that Brett is using, um, some people might say, well, and, and you mentioned this, Brett, oh, that's new age. Well, no, when you look at, I know you, and so I can, I can vouch, Brett is not <laughs> in the new age. He doesn't have new age teaching or thinking. But what I'm saying, um, what you're saying, I believe, is this whole thing about being one with Christ. And I, I love the fact that even the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 are called the manifestation of the Spirit. So when you're one, your spirit is one with his spirit, and you, you live out of your spirit, man, then from that point, then there's the manifestation of the spirit. The spirit bears witness uppercase S, Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, lowercase, that we are children of God. So there's this manifestation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So 
we gotta we gotta really get this right because I believe when Jesus was praying in John 17, that's what he was saying. Like in his whole ministry, the discipleship was all about the believers becoming one. And, you know, that we talk about Christ in you, you are in Christ. Paul spoke of that often. And then ministering from that place where it's not a gift per se, but it's the person of the Holy Spirit manifesting in and through us and knowing who we are intimacy preceding even identity and certainly ministry. Um, so this has been this has been very helpful. It's a deep topic and as you said, we've only scratched the surface. but I, I do think, Brett, that as people go to connect with you, um, you know they can certainly delve into this in a greater level in, in a deeper way. And, and so let's just, in closing, just how do people connect with, with you? Um, what specifically do you offer with, with your uh, Fresh Vision ministry in terms of the training, and, and how can people connect? Well, they can find me at my website, brettwade.com. Um, I have a I'm, – I'm trying to narrow down and just do specifically what my heartbeat is. Yeah. And which is I, um, I love video. And so video, I was in the pulpit for so long being in front of people that I didn't realize when it was time for me to change over to video, how comfortable I was in front of a camera. And so the, what I do primarily right now is offer a school of awakening, which is, um, we, we have live interaction. We have uh, pre-recorded lessons. Uh, for example, um, recent uh, lessons were um, on the awakening journey. What you what what is awakening? What you're going to experience emotionally, mentally? Um, what the obstructions are? How to walk through them? and basically what the outcome, what the fruit of all that is. That was a four-part series that I did over the last couple of months. Mm. We're now talking about consciousness, our evolving consciousness. What does that mean in relation to um, where I'm at in my walk? Uh, so I talked about perception, that what is consciousness. And I think a lot of times one of the reasons why things sound a little out of the box is because we're not accustomed to using that language within the church, even though it's in the scripture. Yeah. And because, you know, the church tries to push away anything that sounds uh -huh. foreign, or let me just say it this way, even though the Bible is originally an Eastern book, we try and use Western language. Right. And so, so the school of awakening is there to, I do uh, two pre-recorded uh, lessons per month. And then, uh, after each lesson the following week we do a, a, a live q a and we do discussion with the students um, i try and answer every question that's presented uh, it's usually um, they they answer a uh, some coaching questions right after the lesson so it's all about being able to be available to the people not just to gain information but to but to be able to grasp the impartation 
of what does it mean to walk through the things that Holy Spirit's leading many people through mm-hmm. that don't have answers. Some of the answers that I've seen people grasp at are very extreme. Um, they're, excuse me, deconstructing their their faith, their religion, so to speak. But then, you know, they're deconstructing Jesus right out of the picture, and I don't understand that. Um, you know, so my whole thing is everything revolves around that relationship. So it's how do I, um, grow in this and learn how to walk this daily. So that's the primary thing that I'm doing. What I'm going to be doing here on uh, kingdom community is I'm going to be focusing on what are some of the topics that relate to this? What are some of the things that we may not be thinking about? Like, you know, critical thinking is very important. It was very important in the in the early church, and it's very important today. The problem is the society teaches you to memorize it rather than how to think. So when the scripture says to train up a child in the way that they should go, it didn't right. say what they should memorize. It taught them the ways so they can process the things that they're hearing. Yeah. And we have people that don't know how to process. So I teach people how to process how to walk through all the things that they need to experience in order to become the um, potential that they carry in Christ to be the greatest um, expression of who they are, who Christ is. I was thinking about this when you when you were talking about the manifestations just a few moments ago. Was the scripture says that all creation is groaning, awaiting the manifestations of the son, the manifestation of the sons of God. And, and it didn't get real specific about what that looks like. So in today's language, we would say the manifestation of Christ through the sons of God so that we kind of remove ourselves from the picture. That, that's a problem. We shouldn't remove ourselves. And what, um, what we need to recognize is Jesus is the pattern son. He's not the only son. Hmm. But he is the son of God, you know, keep that in balance. But we have yeah. recognized That's what Romans 8, 29 says, the firstborn among many brethren. Right. So yeah. we are to manifest. Mm-hmm. And so in all of that, we teach people how to live this unashamedly, boldly, openly. You are who you are. Don't apologize for it. And wow. to be able to separate what is institutional mindsets versus incarnational Wow, that's awesome. Well, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to this interview. My guest has been Brett Wade, and you can learn more by visiting his website, brettwade.com. It's on the screen for those listening to the audio pad, uh, podcast. Again, brettwade.com. And uh, Central Time, uh, seven days a week on the new Kingdom Community TV kingdomcommunity.tv, as well as on Roku, Amazon Fire, Google TV, Apple TV. You can download the iOS app from the App Store, the Google or Android app from Google Play, and uh, you can watch Brett and his videos as as well as audio. Uh, And again, just head over to kingdomcommunity.tv, 11.30 a.m. Central Time and 6 p.m. Central Time. You can watch uh, Brett, check out Brett. So it's been great having you on the on the broadcast, Brett, and really an honor to have you connected with Kingdom Community at Kingdom Community TV as well. We look forward to hearing more from you, and I really appreciate what you're doing um, because I, I agree with you completely. There's several things you said that are just uh, really 
powerful in terms of how that should help us. Like it, the scripture is an Eastern book and, and we have been good at telling people, you know, what to memorize, even our kids, but the ways of the Lord, I, I, I love Psalm 103, seven. It says that the children of Israel, they saw God's mighty acts, but Moses knew his ways. And that, right. that very word, Arak in Hebrew speaks of a, of a pathway of a roadway. And so that's, that's a powerful thing. So you guys can connect with Brett and um, really learn to think critically and, and from a biblical posture, um, seeing Christ in us. It's all about that intimate relationship that Jesus wants us to have, becoming one with him and he in us. So thank you so much, guys, for being part of, of this uh, broadcast in terms of you watching and and being here, um, please share. Please go ahead and just let other people know about the broadcasts. Hit the share button. Leave your comments. Subscribe on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as on the podcast. We really appreciate that. Look forward to seeing you guys again. We've got some great interviews coming up, um, some amazing interviews. And uh, just follow me as well. Head over to our website, kingdomcommunity.global. You can also check out kingdomcommunity.tv, awakenations.org. And then on the 6th, we actually have a night of prophetic sharing um, from, with a guest from some of you guys may not know who she is, but I uh, encourage you to watch the interview with Faylene Sparks from Brisbane, Australia. It's going to be a great time of sharing. And then uh, we've got Wes Hone from Kingdom Business. That's going to be more of a, a private meeting. If you want to really understand how to connect and as a business person, what your responsibility is in the kingdom, how to transition in 2022, we're going to be talking about mindset shifts um, five specific things the Lord wants you to know as you move into 2022. And Wes is just a great um, kingdom leader in the business realm and the marketplace, works with people all over the world. You're going to enjoy that. And Wes, by the way, is also on Kingdom Community TV. So enjoy um, your time as you move into 2022 here Guys, I just pray that you continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you will connect with us in terms of our willingness to be able to serve you and help you to grow in that knowledge of Jesus, to grow in intimacy with him. Head over to kingdomcommunity.global. You can actually sign up for free membership. Check out our membership levels and connect with us that way. If you're interested in being part of the Kingdom Community TV, if you have a, a kingdom message, you can get a hold of us as well. We'd love to have you be with us on the broadcast as well. Thank you. Have a blessed day, blessed evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Again, check out my guest website, brettwade.com. Blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Podcast. To learn more about us, including how to connect with our Kingdom community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. If you're enjoying this show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can be encouraged. We really appreciate that effort, and we hope you will join us again in the next episode of the Kingdom Community Podcast.